This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Dope Black Dad Podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. If we had extra people in the room, they'll be clapping right now. But there is some people, but there's not enough to... Re- can we clap? We can clap. Yeah. Hey, clap. <laughs> podcast. What I love about, about podcasts is, is that I would have these conversations with you all anyway, just for free. Mm. But now I get a seat and lighting and my skin looks smooth and my voice sounds like I'm doing adverts. I'm really happy. I love it. It makes it even better, more contextual. Today we're joined by one of my longest and oldest friends. <laughs> How are you, Nick? Because I still want to call you Russell, which is wrong, by the uh, way. It's not, you're wrong. Ans- it's not wrong. I've are had this not? conversation with lots of people. It's not wrong. If if you know me by Russell and you want to call me Russell, All right, cool. I don't take offense. I feel like I'm betraying some sort of ancestral line <laughs> by just saying yeah, Russell, nah, the anglicized version. It's, it's not even that deep. It's like Russell or knee. Knee. Whatever works. I love you, knee. I love you too, bro. I called you the other day and just said I missed you. Do you know what? I I will say this. I will say this. You you know sometimes people call and they mm. call at exactly the right time and mm. you called at exactly the right time. And I Love really that. appreciated that call mm. and just that check in. Mm. Um, and yeah, I really, really so thank you for that. Yeah, love for that. Partially because you tried to do a podcast without me. I was like, how dare you? Who's, who's this guy chatting there with my mate? What? I know it's your cousin, but I don't care. Who's <laughs> <laughs> having conversations without me? He's podcasting and doing black men. That's my thing. Um, but it was so good to see you. And actually, I messaged you last night because you talked about your acting. Yes. And it hit me in my chest. Yeah, that that got me as well. Even you messaging me about that. Uh, no, but because yeah. that stuff moves me. Okay. I have a thing about honesty yeah. and integrity. It always awakens me. So mm. the only way to get to me, some people try to get to me through like coercion, manipulation, <laughs> bullying, violence. Okay. But actually, I've tried all got, of those as well. Yeah, but that, that doesn't work because I just have a resilience to like, no. But if you tell me your story, oh, I'm open already. I'm like, all right, what mm. do you need? Mm. And I just felt that. Yeah. What, what was you actually saying in that moment? So we... So on the pod, we had watched a video and was talking about who are you uninterrupted. Mm. Um, and so we were then kind of looking back at, at the things that essentially interrupted us. Mm. And I was saying how when I started acting and 
just how much I loved it and I felt like it loved me. Mm. Um, but where I fell down or where I became un um, interrupted, so to speak, was we that the school that I was at, we would have these showcases. Mm. And because I just loved it so much, I was like, we, this showcase would come up. And then at the first one we went to, I said to myself, I am going to, I'm going to win that award. They would present a little award at the end of it. Mm. And I don't really, I'm not even somebody that really cares so much about awards and stuff like that. But I was just like, I love this and I want that award. Mm. And so I was just, I was grafting, I was grafting and I was putting absolutely everything into it. Um, and then long story short, I didn't win. Mm. A little bit of controversy, whatever. I know um, what the controversy is without even saying, but it's fine, continue, sorry. And, but, and, and that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. The, the problem was, was that I allowed external validation mm. to rock me at my core. Mm. And it really, you know, you know, in retrospect, looking back, it really, you know, threw me off and my confidence got knocked insanely. Mm. Um, and I what wish age were you at this point? When was this? This was going to be mid to late 20s. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah. And yeah. What did the person giving the feedback mean to you? I looked up to them and I still do. Mm. And I still do. And I still, I respect them. And I, I respect them. Um, and I think what made it hard was that everybody else around at the time was saying the opposite to what that person said. Mm. Um, and again, I've, I, I'm, I don't want to come across as somebody that really cares about what you say. Like, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. But definitely at that particular point in my life, I'd, I had been working, my background was in IT, and mm. I'd, never, I'd never enjoyed I'd never enjoyed a day of, of working it. So when I found acting and, and realised that this was something that I could actually do, mm and enjoy it and I could do it well, mm. it just felt like a whole new world opened up to me. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and, uh, and I think I I let it go. Maybe that, maybe that was my test, maybe it wasn't supposed to be, mm. but that was my test and I failed because I allowed myself to get rocked from external validation mm. and I never really got back on. Do you know what that made me think though, is the power of your words when you're in a position of power. And I think sometimes, as a busy person, I, t I make this personal because I don't like talking about other people, but like I, for me, when I'm busy, that's when the gaps for error occur because mm -hmm. I'm no longer present. I'm just like mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that means that sometimes I might miss a context that is true, but if anyone understood how my mind worked, I'm hella absent. The only way I can be present is to not remember too much of the past and not think too much to the future. So sometimes I'm just talking to someone and I forget something they told me, something that's personal, something that's sensitive, mm. and I just won't remember. And I will speak as if like, that thing didn't happen and it was a big moment maybe between me and them. So I have to realize that my words always have to be considered, period. Um, and also when I get in my flow as well, when I'm laughing and joking, it gets even more flagrant. Um, so we'll talk about what happens when we gather at my house. So basically I do these dinners and, and this week, uh, what day is it today? So Saturday, we had a gathering at the house and we had dinner. And what was beautiful is, is that the people that came around, we had the best conversation ever. And But then you just realize that as much as there are all these amazing people, I know everybody's story. Mm. And then you're realizing that people are asking very clumsy questions amongst each other. And you're like, I just want to manage this a little bit better. So I always have this practice of like, whenever we gather before we eat, I, I set the agenda of the space, how we must conduct ourselves. Because it just means that people don't get flippant. Mm -hmm. And it just means that everyone's a bit more considered that there are vulnerable people, or a little bit vulnerable anyway. Yeah. Um, 
So I really appreciated you saying that because it reestablished to me what's important in terms of speaking to people. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm just an eight-year-old boy having vibes, yeah? And I'm just like seeing stuff and like, cool, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But to some people, I have a meaning, which is if I say something good about yeah. this, then this validates everything that mm-hmm. someone's been working mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, I don't see it. So I have to remember that it does have meaning. So I really appreciate you saying that because that meant a lot. Thank you. Um, my, my, my other guest. Hi, David. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. So, uh, people don't know, like, I, there's sometimes when people reoccur in your life, it's a really good sign. And if they occur from multiple places, then it's like, all right, who's this fella? <laughs> who is he? Who, who co-signs him? Who said he's any good? Mm. Um, and so what's beautiful is uh, Nina, who's the mother of my children, one of my closest and oldest friends, was talking about you, about just work. And she was just like, oh, I love this show he's doing. And, yeah, he's a great person. I was like, oh, cool. And I went to go watch an episode. And you know when you turn something on and you get 10 minutes in, you're like, no, 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 this is good. I need a minute. <laughs> I need a, I got to finish watching Good Wife and then finish this season of Suits. Then I'm going to start this and then I can watch the rest of it later. So I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm 10 minutes into one episode and I know it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then afterwards, someone else came up to me and said, oh, this guy's doing amazing things. I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then I followed you on Instagram. I stalked you. You're Welcome. a very handsome fellow, by the way. Oh, man. Do you know that, though? Um, Do I know that? <laughs> Sounds like a yes. He knows. He knows. I feel like I've, uh, I can hear it now. <laughs> so, oh, I love, this is what I love you, David. I feel like I can hear it. No, now. because that's powerful wordage. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's actual, like, to receive it is something mm-hmm. else. And I, by the way, I have the same journey as well. Mm. Because I, I wasn't attractive until I was about 24. Mm-hmm. And so you have all that memory of developing, being like, you ain't it. Mm. And then one day, someone sees how tall you are, really. <laughs> <laughs> tall and long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, they start stroking the back of your elbow, and you're like, What's, what, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't trust none of you, because I was there at 15. <laughs> so I hear that. Um but then, so I heard about you from three different people, and then I followed you online. And what the most beautiful part that I really, really enjoyed is your relationship with, I believe, is your el- eldest daughter. Mm. Um, and I was like, "You have an adult child," and then I just mm. whispered it to myself. There's another guy, Kwame Kwarten, who was in our group, mm. amazing human being, and he also has. Do I know Kwame? Kwame, you must. He's, you must he's, he's been in music yeah. for many years, but okay. he's a beautiful soul. Yeah. Okay. And he has an adult child, and then I met his adult child, and she was so impressive, like mm. as our like. I've never been so impressed by someone before, period, let alone like somebody else's child. Mm. And she then went on to start Dope Black Queers and like mm. they've gone on to continue helping the community, which is amazing. But for you, like you, you, you also are a great person and handsome, but you also have a really good like credit list in terms of the shows that you've done. Thank you. I appreciate that. How how can we talk about some of the credits you've done? What is the most impressive? What's the one where you sat there and you was like, I did this? <laughs> um so it's it's always a hard question to mm. answer that one, isn't it? Because like, and I thought I'd came I'd come up with this, but then I heard someone else say it in answer to the question. So I think it's a thing where people talk about the parts they've played as being like children, mm. like which is your favorite child, and that resonates with me. <laughs> but then I heard Kerry Washington interviewed recently. This is a close personal friend, Kerry Washington. No. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just making sure, because I will turn up to your house for dinner. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she said something that really resonated with me, where she said, 
um, about learning from every character that she's played, mm. learning about herself mm. and how these characters draw something out from them. Um, so I found that really interesting. But uh, I would say I did a film, I did a film called Instella, mm. and I was so in the zone for that film. We must have we must have filmed for about three months mm. that it wasn't until I was on the plane mm. on the way home. And I would, you know, cause my family and I, we have a two week rule. So backwards and forwards mm. to seeing them. Mm. So it wasn't like I hadn't been on a plane mm. for ages, but that after the final cut and I was wrapped the final, the sort of, yeah, the final scene and I was wrapped on the plane was physically shaking mm. for like, 30 to 40 minutes mm. on the flight back. What was happening for you? Uh, I think my body allowed me to realize what had just happened. What had just, because I'm, I don't know about you guys, but maybe this will, this will land with you. But sometimes we're in spaces where it feels a little imposter syndrome. Mm, yeah. And the first day I was in the hotel, usually I, I go, I'll get a bit of food. Just, I, usually go to my room but we were in Iceland and they didn't have room service this at this one hotel where we were so I was just like in the corner and I heard this voice say hey David come on over mm. and it was Anne Hathaway oh. and she was sat on a table with McConaughey Matt Damon mm. and Christopher Nolan wow. nice. and suddenly I was on this table <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> easy <laughs> Right, what about our table here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm slowly warming up to this, um, to this table and the 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 vibe here. Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking, I think everyone here has an Oscar, and everyone here has at that time, you know, everyone here has well over a million dollars in their bank account. Mm. That's literally what was going through my head. <laughs> and I was not in any of yeah. those brackets. Yeah. Yep. And so they're talking and I'm trying to be part of the conversation, mm. but that's going on in my head. Yeah. What's what's the way to be? How's How should I be acting? Mm. Um, and I think from that moment, I just switched on into autopilot of I'm here for a reason yeah. and mm. I need to deliver. Mm. So that's what was going on for me. My body just relaxed and I was... Yeah, and you know, they fly you first class. Mm. So <laughs> it's nice. It, it, it was very nice, but, that, but, but that first 40 legs. minutes when they were offering me stuff, I couldn't eat anything. I, couldn't, yeah. I was just like... Yeah. Yeah. That's always a thing. Don't you find yourself almost like apologising for being served in the way that they serve you? I, I always find myself being like, no, thank you. It's okay. Mm. Like It's like an overly like apologetic energy rather than just being yes or no or can I have almost scared to ask from the full menu just being like whatever you think is fine mm. like I just haven't like I, I, I've flown I did, I did a, an ad campaign for uh, Etihad Airlines mm. and we had to travel every flight was long haul so we went to like Mumbai uh, South Korea uh, Johannesburg and maybe LA or something and every single flight we flew first class it's the wow. first time I flew first class um, wow. and it was just like this is so hard to to process and to take on and accept. Mm. Kind of how you spoke about like the handsome com comment. Mm. It's a bit like, yes, yeah, yeah, but the reason why I'm here because we're doing a campaign. I found myself yeah, explaining why yeah, I was yeah. sitting here because it just felt really excessive. When you sort of obviously move in different spaces in TV, does that, that, that adjustment of just being in those spaces 
Have you have you ever at any point felt comfortable? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm I'm comfortable now, mm. but I'd say what doesn't what never changes for me is the appreciation of the service that yeah. I'm getting because actually these people could be my mum or my dad because yeah, yeah. they did those kind of jobs. So mm. I find there's always a bond between me and whoever's driving me on whatever job because that's what my dad did for years mm. and he's sadly no longer with us. So mm. every time, and I find myself constantly asking about their health because, mm. you know, you're sitting down a lot. Are you when we get there, are you are you walking? What are you, you know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but it's, um, I definitely, I think it's important for us. Like I remember the first time traveling in those spaces and seeing kids in those spaces <coughs> and thinking, wow, that's, this is no, an that's experience. Crazy. When I see children in business class and first class, yeah. I'm like, what is your life? But for me, mm -hmm. I didn't see many kids that looked like you or I. Yeah, so it became a mission. Mm. And now my kids laugh at how oh, dad's going to make us tra travel this way. And it's like, it's important because actually, and and maybe, you know, in a few years time when they're here, when my son's here talking about it, <laughs> <laughs> he, he might say the, the negatives of this. But for me, it was important that when my son or my daughter is around this, the, that table in Iceland, mm they don't have that imposter syndrome yeah. and they're able to fully be themselves yeah, yeah. because that's important. I think that's important for the world that we live in, that we all come fully as yeah. ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that I work really hard to to create that access. I'm, uh, I'm going through your credits and it's getting on my nose a little bit. There's a lot yeah, in there. Yeah. All right, there's a lot in there. Mike Bassett, uh, <laughs> Chuggington, uh, yeah. Casualty, Murderland, uh, mm -hmm. The Dark Knight Rises, mm -hmm. Red Tails, mm -hmm. What a Girl Wants. I remember the musical soundtrack to that <laughs> one. It's very good. Uh, Shoot the Messenger, mm -hmm. uh, Come Away, mm -hmm. uh, Half Bad, Hunter Killer, Cloud Atlas, Malfinicent. Tent? Uh, Maleficent. Maleficent. Yeah. Glad you said that because mm -hmm. clearly my GCSEs didn't work. The Whale, <laughs> yeah. Pulsar, yeah. Shooting Dogs, White Heat, Panic, Annihilation, Cold Blood Legacy, Containment, wow. Troy, Man in an Orange Shirt, Interstellar, Hell on the Border, Carnival Row, and The Diplomat. Like, there's a lot here, wow. man. Wow, thank you. That means people like you, Flowers, though, isn't very it? Very much. Say, thank you. Now people you. like you. That means, because like, we, we all know, because I don't mm. even know, but I know, mm. yeah, to get reoccurred booked, there's a rumor that you must be good. Mm. Like, because <laughs> like, if, if the rumor's bad, yeah. You won't see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Although you do see some people again. It's, yeah, I've never really, I've never heard it read out like that before. Like, That's oh, why you're yeah. here, you oh, know, yeah. to be oh, celebrated, yeah. to be fair, as well oh, as be told. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, in your class of actors, because in British actors, there's a really nice movement. And by the way, I'd just mm. say right now, no disrespect, but Lenny James is my favourite. Mm. Yeah. Lenny James is a, like, yo. Yeah. Yeah. When I watched him in Save Me, Save me. Yeah, yeah. I was cry I cried yeah. four times yeah. in that. I was like, I don't want to cry at this part. And mm. I was just like, I believe everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the dad trying to get my daughter back. Mm. Um, who who would you say is in, not necessarily, we're not talking about levels. I mean, just mm -hmm. in your class, your the group of actors that you came up around, uh, preferably black ones. Um, that I came up around, mm. uh, Cobner Holdbrook-Smith. I mm. love Cobner. Right. He's a good guy. Friend of the show. Have you seen him on stage before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He's, if yeah. you haven't, like, make it a point yeah. to, like, because he, there's a level of craft um, that he has that 
blows me away. I'm, he's my contemporary. Mm. And I learn every time okay. I'm, I'm watching him on stage. Um, so... Cobner. So quickly, do you feel like people favour theatre acting over TV and film acting or film and TV acting as separate things? Do you think someone just can just smash them all or some just stronger in particular regards? I think that they're different jobs. Mm. I think they're different um, skill sets. Um, but uh, like Cobbs is doing a lot more screen work now and I mm. think then, then you will hear about him a lot more. I think that... Um, it seems like our industry allows for you to kind of smash it on the screen and then there's doors are open for you to like, what show do you want to yes. lead in or whatever, yeah. as opposed to like Cobbs is an award winning <laughs> actor, mm. like an Olivier award winning actor. Mm, wow. Um, so he should be able to walk straight into a show, but it doesn't quite work that way around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but he's doing great work. Uh, David Oyelowo yes. is another one. Um, uh, the people that I would have watched growing up and thought that's interesting would be Adrian Lester, yeah, uh, Lenny him. James, mm -hmm. uh, definitely um, Idris mm -hmm. as well. Um, and do you remember Eamon Walker? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are people that I would have watched. Um, but yeah, the people that I grew up around would be, yeah. Cool. So um, now this is where it gets a bit spicy. So mm. I've casted you now mm. in a film. <laughs> in the film, it's, a, it's about dope black dads. There's four dope black dads. <laughs> the founding dope black dads. <laughs> Out of all yeah. the black men yeah. in film, TV and theatre, yeah. who would star alongside you? Because you're my anchor. I have to cast you first. Right. We're close personal right. friends. You went to dinner with Kerry Washington. Now <laughs> I, I can't live without you. Who were the other three black men um, to play alongside you? To play alongside me. Okay, so that so for the founder, there's two there's two names that are coming to me. And mm. it's about energy. Mm. It's about holding a room and entertaining a room. And one of them is Will Smith. Oh, and yeah. and the other one actually is this new Will Smith or old Will Smith? <laughs> 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. We love all of um, them. And then the other one actually is John Boyega. Mm. He has a, a real um, he has a real kind of galvanizing spirit mm. when I'm around him. So um, mm. I would be yeah, he would be in that room. Um, and and we need, then, so we need we got the anchor. We need like a funny, strange, quirky one because there's always a quirky one. A funny, strange, quirky one. Yeah. Um, and are we are we looking at British or are we let's go international? Because let's you know. go international. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. International. Um, okay. Um, maybe... don't know his name but the guy from the Ghanaian movies who, um, love this who is uh he, he does a meme he says just uh take a cup of tea eh? just do you know that guy <laughs> do you know, when you're too stressed just there uh, just take a cup of tea do you know that guy uh, wait, wait, wait. my brother would know him type in just take a cup of tea i'm trying that, to find that it. guy um do you know I think Google's anti-black because it doesn't establish. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, we know that. Is it? Hold on, wait. That's him. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show the guys. Oh, Sita. You need to, to relax your nerves, you know. Chill down after stress and all that. Let's take a cup of tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think I've seen him, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. much older here. But he, I, yeah. I think I have seen him. Yeah. But I, I love the I love the fact that we've diversified this cast. Mm-hmm. So like you're the professional, I have a job and a family. Yeah. Straight laced. Then there's a founder that's a bit more charismatic. Yeah. And then we have this person. Yeah. We need a fourth. I'm not sure what the role the, the lover man, the one that's the fallible romantic. Mm. They can never get a relationship right. They can never get a relationship right. Uh, who would we? Me, who who do you think in the for Patrice? They, they can definitely who, get who, girls, who but this saying? doesn't work. I'm thinking Ashley Waters. Do you know I was thinking oh. Ashley Waters? I was thinking yeah. Ashley Waters why, for the why balance. Did we, why did we, yeah. why did we make him not be able to get girls though? Because I know he's married, but I don't want to get in trouble. So I just want to be like, why? But suddenly he can't get the girls. Is the fact that he gets the girls he can't keep them because he's oh. a bad boy. You know that's a great. Do you, do you know? And do you know? Because I wasn't even thinking on the girls' front. I was mm. just thinking of the balance of that cast. Yeah, it would be sick. That would just be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Whatever that show is, that would yeah. be really, really fascinating. But you, you've got my head thinking now. I want to create get the money. Show. Get the money together, man. <laughs> well, we're we kind, we kind of already are. It's taking a bit of a while. We're just writing scripts at the moment, but it's happening. Yeah. Um. So we also have uh, Patrice Gordon. How are you? I'm good. No, but you said your name isn't Patrice because you're not French no, no, or Greek. Come it's, on. It's Patrice just because that's the way my whole family's called me. No, but how, what's, what's it formally it's though? It's actually Patrice Gordon, which is. Patrice. Means in the name of the father, it's a Greek name. Hey! Mm. And who is your father? <laughs> <laughs> my father is Wentworth Williams from St. Kitts. Is it seriously? Seriously, yeah. My mum is from Jamaica, wow. St. Catharines. Um, yeah. Delhi to Gordon Big Up. Um, and yeah, they came together and produced me. So. Um, 
That's yeah. great work, you know. To be fair, you're taller than I thought because we met on the Zoom and you were you were normal height. Yeah. <laughs> on the <a> Zoom. <laughs> on the Zoom. <laughs> then I met you and I had to tiptoe. Mm. I get it. I've been this height since I was 13 years old, believe it or not. And stuff wow. like that. I've only grown literally one, two inches since I was that age. So that, that means they made you play bar- basketball, yeah. I played basketball. Played basketball for really. England schoolboys. Serious? Uh, oh, stuff wow. like I played professionally for about three, four years in, the, in England. Went to States, went to high school in the States for a bit. Um, came back, went to university, um, started, uh, got a media degree, and then, um, yeah, so I played around, we went traveling, touring, um, but yeah, I just kind of, in the UK, it wasn't like it is now, where I kind of fell out, fell out of the game, fell out of the rotation, didn't pay much, so mm-hmm. you can't sit on the bench and not get mm-hmm. paid and whatnot, yeah. so yeah, got my degree, and I just started looking for regular work and whatnot, fell into publishing. Worked at the Voice newspaper for a while. Oh wow! Um, did music journalism. Interviewed tons of kind of musicians and stars. Mm. And Who's the most impressive or the worst? Um, the person I met was Chris Rock. Was mm. was pretty cool. Mm. I remember at Dorchester, we sat down. He kicked it. He wanted to talk about the beat nuts and mm, old nice. hip hop stuff and mm. stuff off the record and whatnot. Is that around around top five? That was around. Um, what's that film where he turns into the white guy? Um, and uh, the not the president one. What's it? Called? No, down. What's it called? Oh. I can't remember the name of it now. He turns into a white Yeah, man. no, yeah, because he turns into... Yeah, he's but an is actor he... that plays him as opposed to makeup. Yeah. Right? yeah, so he gets killed and then he gets to the body yeah. of someone else. I can't remember the name of the, the film. Wow, but, okay, but, cool. But yeah, so that was like early 2000s yeah, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I've interviewed like about 400 kind of budding uh, and big time kind of artists oh, wow. and whatnot, stuff like that. So yeah, I love writing. I've got a big passion for writing. I've written a few books and stuff like that, basketball, music, Sick. even a couple of novels and whatnot, all very low key and whatnot. And, um, but now I'm working for Spotify. That's so dope, just man. into podcasting. Kind of, in, I've always been kind of, you know, interested around kind of creative solutions and making different things. So we've branded that. We've worked with like a lot of advertisers and whatnot as well. So we've kind of just mixed, mixed the two kind of worlds and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it's been good. It's been it's been fun. It's been working out. Mm. So, so yeah, here I am. Well, thank you for joining us, man. We just stole you from Spotify, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> either you're gonna get fired or we're gonna get fired. Like, we don't care. <laughs> we do what we want. <laughs> we do what we want. Yeah. By the way, so we had this song of like we do what we want. We I do heard what it we on want. the last yeah. episode. Don't yeah. we do what we and want. Yeah, like... <laughs> but we we did it on literally our first episode, one of our first episodes. Yeah, and then we no, we did it in when we did the BBC run, and it was so funny because we immediately we stopped singing. We was all smug with ourselves. We looked at each other and we was like, no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds nice and it has a great chorus, but mm. no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today we've got a couple of dilemmas actually and I'm going to need you to help our listeners with some of these things uh, I'm going to go into the first one yeah look I'm going to be really honest there's mm. a lot of wisdom around this table mm. okay so people here should get a lot of food okay mm. but only say what you are comfortable to be saying but say something mm. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. people need help I don't know if you've noticed yeah but I feel like and this happened around COVID times there's a slight dark cloud occurring in the consciousness just a little bit of heaviness a little bit of like lack of aimlessness a little bit of rascal in the government's doing bits and bobs you know it's a bit all over the place Mm. and i feel like when we help people Mm. it brings a nice good vibe back to challenges Mm. so it's important so the first one we have is called navigating a family crisis this is dear dbd uh we are jane and mark a couple who have recently embarked on a journey to rediscover themselves after uh, three children left for university. After attending couples therapy to cope with the empty nest syndrome, they decided to explore a new experiences together. 
One evening under the influence of a bit too much red wine, Jane mentioned her curiosity about swinging. Oh. Oh. Okay. Surprisingly, Mark revealed that he had thought about it too. Shouts to Mark. Encouraged shouts. by the therapist. <laughs> got shouts to him. Everyone's living their life. Encouraged by the <laughs> therapist's uh, uh, advice to try new things as a couple, they joined a swinging app. I didn't know there was one. I'm so glad they didn't put the name. For some lighthearted exploration. However, their adventure took an unexpected turn when their son stumbled upon their profile and shared it with the entire family in the WhatsApp group, leading to shock and confusion. Now, their son is avoiding their calls and there's a palpable tension within the family. Jane and Mark are left grappling with the aftermath of their private exploration becoming public, creating a significant rift between them and their children. Nee. Did it say how old the son was? It doesn't say how old, but, but university age. Yeah. yeah, so you look university yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. He, he's an idiot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, like, some Jamaicanisms for us to start. <laughs> tell, tell me more, Nee. No, you know, the, the thing is, I think our parents, before they were our parents, were human beings. And even mm. when they are our parents, they are still human beings mm. who are individuals and, and deserve their own privacy and deserve things for themselves. Yeah. yeah? And I think at, at that age, mm. you should know that. Mm. Okay. And it's okay for you to be disgusted. Yeah, because if it's not your bag, it's not your bag. Yeah. yeah, and it's even okay for you to broach it with mum and dad. Say, look, I've found this. I don't know why you guys are doing this. I don't approve. Fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To 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 shame them, your parents, who probably are the ones that put you through university. Yeah. Yeah. You are you are a big What's the idiot. I'm gonna oh, go. Okay. I'm gonna go African now. You're okay, a big cool. idiot <laughs> for that. Yeah. I just I just think that's unacceptable, man. Mm. I think that's unacceptable, Patrice. Man. Well, just to bounce off your one, I think it's a case of maturity for the for the person. You know what I mean? I think sometimes the shock is it's so deep, it's so emotional that they've got they're going through so many different issues. You know mm. what I mean? So if I bring it back to my own situation, um, I had a similar situation where I walked into my parents' mm. situation. I was like, I'd left, I was at university. They were upstairs, and they come out of the bedroom and they whatever, embarrassed, you mm. know. And I was kind of like, you know, what's going on here? You know, and for one, I was like, yeah, they're old enough. I don't know what they're doing. I'm mature enough to kind of understand that. But then they're my parents. And you always look at your parents with a kind of rose-tinted glasses. You don't want to accept that that's what they're doing because you think that's what you should be doing. That's mm. what your time of life is. I think, you you know, maybe in your early 20s, you don't think what life's going to be like in your 40s. You know yeah. what I mean? Or or older. So I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of maturity for the, for the, for the boy to kind of understand that and to grow with the whatever happened, but I think ultimately he's just dealing with his own kind of insecurities and just trying to understand that. And I think it's more about the shame. If it's online as well these days, mm. I think, you know, friends could see it and whatnot and it could just be just a, a drastic situation where that person's got to deal with seeing his friends looking at his parents in a sexual way, which clearly that person doesn't want mm. to happen. Mm. David? Um, it, it left me with some questions, really. Mm. So... Uh, one of the questions was why did the, the son put it on the WhatsApp chat? And, mm. and, and when I look at that, I wonder if there's been a breakdown in communication between mm. he and the parents. Mm. And that's coming from a place of pain. Mm. So it feels as though the family need to look at a whole 
like 360 mm. on this um what would, what would be a healthy way to have approached it if you say like in a healthy family dynamic what would that have looked like in a healthy family dynamic i think one would like to assume or think that he could approach his parents mm. and raise some of those those things so both what you've said right like I understand that you're my parents mm. and you have your lives to lead and I don't want to pass judgment on that. Here's the thing. By going public on this, mm. you leave me and my siblings and our friends that might be on these chats mm. suddenly having a uh, an insight into our family that I may not be so comfortable with. So mm. it's it's bringing us into that. Is there a way? that mm. perhaps you can kind of secure what you're doing so that we're not brought into this mm. might be a healthy way. Mm. Um, but it's, it's the, the, all of these things, this, this stuff festering underneath, I would, I would, I would suggest. What's, what's really interesting is I think um, like you, you, what you mentioned about parents actually being someone um, before they become your parents mm. is a really important point. Because most people don't get to know who our parents mm. are by their first name, but they lived and then they became your parents and then they probably want to reestablish that. But I also just think it's like, maybe this is a class thing. Not every family has conversations that are below the surface. Some of them really keep to the parent-child dynamic and mm -hmm. never explore and have meaningful life <coughs> conversations. So they would never, even in their minds, even believe that it's possible. And I think if you're brought up quite straight in one of those families where it's like mum, dad, us, there's no one else involved. Like you don't even have aunts and uncles. Like in our families, aunts and uncles are just like mum's friends from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Or you might overhear aunt and uncle arguing and why they divorced and who cheated on who. You might overhear some things. If you don't come from one of those houses, that must be like actual news to you. That's actually mm. mind-blowing that your parents are having sex with someone else. And what does it mean? Is it going to be a divorce? Does it mean that it's over? Does it mean how long you've been doing this for? Like, what does it actually mean? Mm. And I think a lot of children get their identity from their parents. Mm. Does that make sense to me? Yeah, it, it, it does. I'm just thinking about, like, in, in my own situation. And I, I just don't know if I would... Much in like you... Um, walking in and not walking in but seeing your parents you're like oh my gosh like no, nobody really wants to see it we know it happens we don't necessarily want to mm. see it math tells us that yeah. it happens <laughs> math tells us that it happens <laughs> <laughs> so if I number one how how did he get on himself how did he get onto that, that website I don't know it doesn't because say because you, you need to log in and create a user hey mm. uh, so, so I've been told um, <laughs> 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 the rumours <laughs> so they say um, so yeah so like just the thing of like we as adult children also need to learn to give their parents grace mm -hmm. yeah like for for everything that they've done or, or even not have done but like they are they are humans in their own right and mm -hmm. it's okay like i said you can be disgusted yeah you can be disgusted but that's a conversation yeah mm -hmm. that's a conversation but to and it's funny what, what you said about why because mm -hmm. then that automatically made me think about yeah because really what you've tried to do there is you have tried to shame your parents. And that made me think, well, that's that's a get back. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like mm. something that happened in your childhood or mm. maybe not even in your childhood, in, in adulthood where you're like, gotcha. Mm. Yeah. 
and and yeah, so there's there's all sorts of things going on there. But what, I, what, what are some of the things that your children don't know about you? Because I'm at that age where my children just don't really know what I do. They come, but they don't get it. But what what, this, what what are some of the things that your children will be like, I had no idea. There's a lot of things in my world mm. that they don't know about, which I don't want them to know about until mm. they're, they stumble it by common interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's something that they're growing, they're going through some kind of growing pains or they're in their new relationships or new friends. And I can say, well, I had a friend that did this or I was in a similar situation. But yeah. for me to kind of give them my whole bibliography of my whole life up front, doesn't really make sense in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Because then it could be more traumatising for them in the long run, mm, you know. Yeah, so yeah. essentially, but I think things like sex, you know, they're watching TV shows, they listen to music and they're talking about sex and stuff like that. Mm. You know, me and the kid's mum are close in terms of we cuddle on the sofa and whatnot. Mm. But, you know, do we go, you know, say we're just going to go upstairs and have some nookie? We don't, out of respect for them because mm. maybe mentally they're, or they're not mature enough mm. for that stage yet. So mm. it's a case of... How old are they? Um, 17 and 13. Mm. So it's a case of just waiting until... Well, your 17-year-old knows. Yeah. She knows, but yeah, at the same time, she's just chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, we don't talk about it, but obviously we've watched shows where, you know, sexual relations have, have happened. Mm. So, have you ever had the talk, though, the formal talk? Um, I haven't, personally. Mm. Um, I think my partner has. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes through phases where you talk about maybe their bodies are changing and whatnot, but we haven't had... This is how babies are made. I always remember being, someone told me that I should tell them when they're like early, like five to 10 year olds, because right then it's kind of a bit ignorance. But when they get to like teenage years, it's much more kind of real. You know what I mean? But I think mm. they're still at age where they're just happy to be kids and happy to have that adolescence kind of lifestyle, you know? So it's so interesting. I was having a conversation um, because Romantha, who features on this podcast sometimes, she has a documentary called Sex and Pleasure. And on there, she was just discovering like how people and parents talk about this subject. Uh, and I actually got caught, called on to Good Morning Britain to talk about this. But I had a, I had a reservation because the sex part is just biology. Bio, biology is science. This mm. is what happens practically. There's no meaning behind it. It's just what happens, what everything in the anatomy does. Mm. Then the pleasure part is a different thing. But I, I think a lot of children or young people wouldn't experiment sexually so young if they understood that what it was actually, one, meant to be pleasurable, and two, what pleasure actually meant. Mm -hmm. So I think because you don't know, it's just an act to do. Yeah. Like, I rem I never thought about my virginity as like, I cannot wait to have sex so that I can have this earth-shattering mm -hmm. orgasm that shivers through my body and it feels amazing. It was just like, I need to do it because people told me I need to do it. Mm -hmm. And I want to do it now. It's like, yeah. who's going to let me? But you, you must have thought it's going to feel good, though. That didn't really come into the forefront of my oh, mind. Okay. Also, I couldn't compute what feeling good really meant. Mm. Do you mean it felt good like eating cake? Because that feels good. That was my, that was my curiosity, <laughs> though. Because, yeah. like, without getting too graphic, when people would talk like, about... graphic, it's fine. <laughs> when, when other people around you that have done it talk about... Oh, and it feels like this. And I'm mm. like, I want to know what, what that feels like. And mm. their mm. excitement in talking about it, I'm like, I, I want to know, I want to know what that is. Mm. And so I definitely, going into it, I definitely had that. Like, but then but then I feel like where, where the barrier comes is, why does it feel so good? How do you recreate it? Mm. Like, how, how do you get consistency of that feeling? 
Because I've, everyone knows the first time you do it, you're like, what the f? You mean this is a thing? Like, I can do this? I will do my homework again. <laughs> it's like, but obviously, it diminishes over time, mm. and it's not something that can be recreated to the same high over and over again. Mm. Much like crack of cocaine. So you're told. So I'm told. And so. I think only when you explore pleasure are you able to find how it actually is stimulating you and how to recreate it in a safe way. So there's almost this like blind gap of like, we don't talk about it and we delay it, but the impact is we don't actually know what a, what it is to do it in the right way and to do it in a safe way and to do it so it's pleasurable. Okay. So we just fumble through it and cause headache for probably for other people because we're doing it with them really badly. Yeah. Mm. But what I would say to that is that we encourage them to have relationships, mm. build friendship, build yeah. companionship, mm. because that will sustain the test of time rather than just the act of having mm. sex. Mm. And if you have sex with someone that you like and is your best friend, it's much more pleasurable than just having it with one night stands with random mm. people. Mm. Um, even though one night stands can be fruitful in some regards. Mm. So I think it's... The amount of children birth from one night stands. I think it's all about just, you know, teaching your kids that, you know, it's about people at the mm. end of the day. And it's just about, you know, it's not just about you going in and switching off and you're just trying to get it, that feeling of what your friends told you what it's about. It's about connecting mm. with people, ultimately, mm. I think. I heard this phrase this morning. There was actually three of them, but um, isosexual pleasure and synchrosexual pleasure, mm. which we, like you say, when we educate and when we learn about this, we don't really go into it that way. But the mm. iso is like, just me. What can I get out of this? Yeah. Mm. And then the synchro is like, what's this shared experience? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is much more for in terms of your question of how do we prolong this? Mm. That is perhaps much more, it, it, it has more scope mm. for prolonging this feeling. Because, mm. you know, I, I am, um, I love giving gifts. I'm, I, I love that. And I mm. love that. Mm. I'm a size 11 and an extra large, me. by the way. And so why not bring that into, mm. you know, our sexual relationships as well. Like, mm. how do we go on this journey together? So, yeah. There's this like beautiful notion of like having sex without an objective, and so there is this thing of like normally sex ends when men ejaculate, right? Mm. So then that's when it's over and everyone like you know wraps it up. But what happens when that isn't the objective, mm. and it's just an expression of a built-up sexual tension throughout the day? Mm. And if it doesn't happen, then it's fine. And if it does happen, it's fine. But also then you start to do things that aren't just about getting you to that particular point. Yeah. And you start discovering new things. So yeah. it's so interesting because I'm going to get this uh, this amazing intimacy coach that I met. I'm going to to come and join the podcast because I just want to have a, I want to explore all of these things. Because yeah. I know so many men suppress pleasure. Yeah. And it's like sex is so functional. It's like I had a long day. <laughs> what I need right now is the equivalent of a cigarette. And I'm just, once I get that, I'll be fine and I'll sleep better. But when it's about like exploring and thinking about your partner and also just connecting, you do different things. Um, and I think actually we'll all benefit as men from just really building a relationship with our own bodies, our own kinks, our own erogenous zones. We went, we went left, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna go I, I was going to say though, just that I also think it's important to actually have a mix of it because sometimes, mm. sometimes you just want and need the cigarette Type yeah. thing. Yeah, and then no, you're, what you're doing, your eyes are doing the thing where it's like, <laughs> I just want to do the dots. I just want to, I just want to dance and yeah. go bed fat. And sometimes that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's all it is. And then as long as there's not too much of one, or you know, mm. you have balance. Mm. I love that, man. 
All right, we're going on to our next one because we're getting spicy in terms of time. Uh, it's called navigating the roommate phase of our marriage. Now, this is, uh, as I already know what this is without even reading the whole thing, but it's good to know it. So while raising our two young kids, my wife and I have entered the roommate phase of our marriage. Uh, I have a toddler, one to three. Two toddlers, one to three. Uh, my wife and I will both admit we're both really struggling. We both work demanding jobs, uh, which has added to the pile. Both kids are under free in daycare, costing us $500 a week. Childcare is expensive. Someone help me take care of these kids. And at that point, where they're fighting us for every turn, whether it's nap time, bedtime, eating, or simple playing, everything seems like a battle for us. We know it won't always be like this, but we've got an extremely hard, it's gotten extremely hard, especially with zero support from our parents or family to get much needed date night or afternoons alone. We have sex when we can, but both know it's lacking and the mental and physical exhaustion from raising our beautiful family and working full-time is bringing it down. Thanks for listening to this rant. We know it will get better and are still deeply in love. Just need to get it out there and those who feel alone will all going through it in one way or another. What would you say to someone that's in this particular phase without very much support? <laughs> are you looking at me? Um... Because you're to uh, my right and I'm right-handed. I, I, <laughs> so, I could have written that. Wow. Okay. I'm going to be... And, and I, I can say this because we've spoken about this on a, a series, a mm. Black Love series. We've spoken about this. And even more so, so this year, just to give you some backstory, like the last six months has actually been quite difficult in in, in our house. So we, we lost my mother-in-law mm. um, not too long ago. And then literally last week, we lost my father-in-law. Wow, bro. Um, I'm sorry and to hear that. yeah, and it's and it's been and it's been tough, and so it's especially. I'm, I'm gonna. This may sound a little bit selfish. No, you're okay. good. So especially from my perspective, in sense of like, I want to make sure that my wife is okay. Mm. I want to make sure that my children are okay. Like mm. the my their their grandmother was a big part of their lives, and so you're trying to do that. And for the and especially when my father-in-law just passed as well, an extra responsibility of like. My wife's a fully grown woman, but I now feel really like I have to yeah. look after you. But over the last few months, everything has just been very functional. Like we we're definitely roommates, and we're and there's there's other focuses of like actually we need to sort these things out, finances, yeah. blah 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 blah. And you kind of so you you move into that space of like you you you, you get it when you can sort of thing. So even mm. when I was talking about cigarettes, blah yeah, blah blah, yeah. and what not have you. And so actually listening to that and the ending was actually the most important part for me because mm. they were both like, actually, mm. we both still really love each other mm. and you're both still really on the same page. And I think that's what relationships and marriage is about because you're going to, we've been through these, these periods before where it's just like, hey, Rumi, mm. you know, and then we've been through other periods where it's like, well, go on. You understand? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and I think the, the most important thing is if you're both, if you both understand, oh, we're, we're in that phase mm. right now. Okay. And you both understand that this phase doesn't last forever, mm. but it's a part of the bigger thing. Then I think that's, that's okay. But if, if you're both not necessarily aligned in that, if one person's like, well, I, I don't really care that we haven't, then that, that's problematic. Mm. But I think as long as you both of you are on the same page, then eventually you get back to yourself. The kids get older, they start doing more things, mm -hmm. you get a little bit of time back to yourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that. That's really powerful. What about you, Patrice? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, me and my partner have been together for twenty plus years mm. and stuff like that. And like you said, you go through your highs and your lows and whatnot. And I think you just got to remember what what the objective is of the relationship. Is it are we you know really heading to this place where it's going to be us together, or is it going to be just when you know shit hits the fan, mm. we're going to just you know separate or do whatever? So within that kind of circumstance that the couple shared with you, I think it's a case of just a bit more thoughtful planning, I would mm. say. You know, plan a trip maybe in six months so you can spread your costs over if money's an issue, you know what I mean? Or just make Christmas and break times just a bit more special. Um, and that will kind of bring back some more kind of feeling between the both of you. Because I think what I've realised is that once my partner is happy and, you know, not thinking about the day-to-day, mm. she gives me more loving. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And stuff like that. And I think that's, for me, to, you know, they say happy wife, happy life. But it's, mm. it's just, it's almost, I know that if I'm in a happy environment, then ev- anything is possible. And I mm. think that's the only way you can really look at it, really. It's just, mm. you've got to think long-term, but at the same time, you've got to think, I've just got to be in a nice environment where I feel like we're just comfortable mm. and you know, you can just we can just do it together. You know, yeah. you know yeah. I, I, there's a couple of yeah. psychotherapists who talk about the shut up and do it method and not mm. like make it a meaningful thing and just get into the act because the act has the ability to reset mm. at times. Uh, and sometimes there's a lot of emotional and, and like in mental barriers to overcome. And also I just think family isn't sexy. Like as much mm. as it, as much as it is, mm. like and I think one of the things that I think Esther Perel is one of my favorite people to listen to when she, about relationships. And she says something about distance where like seeing someone in their light and in their power, like your maybe your partner watching you on this podcast, speaking, mm. representing yourself and sitting at a table, she'll get turned on more likely by that than you just like fixing stuff around the house. Mm. And so it's important to be powerful mm. outside of your family unit mm. and still have that light. What, what, what about you, David? What's your thoughts? I think my partner would be very turned on if I was fixing things in the house. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pile of That's things. real. That's real. And I'm coming back to them. <laughs> um, I think that... I think that... Um, so I've been married 24 years. Hey. And what I've what I've found is that we, you know, we we're blessed enough to be able to go on dates where, you know, there's a hotel and there's a nice and all of that. And I love doing that. But you know, what I love even more is grabbing a coffee with him. Mm. And we have a dog now and nice. I make it a point that we'll walk the dog together mm. and there's no phones on that we check in and so what i would say to that couple is like it became important for us to have childcare and even dog care so we could have time mm. together um now i realize that you know cost of living and uh, yeah. that, as you said the governments are doing what they're doing um but saying to yourselves let's grab 20 minutes and have a cup of tea mm. together laptops away if you're working from home phones away and just check it. And I think that's important because like you both said, getting through this period, that's the aim. But then once you get to the other side, are we still gonna know each yeah. other? Are we still yeah. gonna yeah. like yeah. each other? Yeah. So just checking in, whatever you can do mm. to check in. And that's what I think. And then for for me, and I think, uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. I think for me, like 
sex starts early for me. Mm. Like it's you know it's like uh, it's the touches, it's mm-hmm. the it's the, the doing looks. Do, yeah, the yeah. looks, the doing the doing the bit of cheeks. housework. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Respectfully, make sure that we're clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you know. So. Um, yeah, that that's what I would say. But I, I I say that with the caveat that I realize that that especially that age that the kids are at. My mm. my kids are at a different age. So I there's you know, a bit there's, more space. There's the caveat mm. of yeah. I, I I appreciate that that's yeah. difficult. But if you can you just make each other a cup of tea or or mm. coffee or juice or supermarket whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I love is that my, my partner has I've I've observed that when I cook for her it's a love language. Her eyes change. Mm. And I was like, oh, I got a meal a day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm Googling meal plans. <laughs> I need to know what ingredients I got to have. It, it's, it's funny because you're right, it does start quite early. And I think that the tactile kind of like the connection throughout the day. But I think what you said about removing mental load creates space and capacity. And I think I realized that I watched this podcast where these women were talking about, mothers were talking about, it might have been a radio show, um, all the things that go on in their head. And yeah. not only like do they go for everything during the day, at the end of the day, they go back to the beginning of the day mm. and see if I did everything right. Mm. And and at that point, to turn around and be like, oh, touch me and like, is as far away as yeah. possible yeah. you can you could imagine. And obviously for us as men, especially not for us as men, but for some men who aren't as connected to the day-to-day, blow-by-blow, things that happen in their house, they're coming in thinking like, oh, I've been I've been out all day. You've been home. Like, let's, you know, let's go. And they're like, no, I'm going through my day. Or I'm like thinking about the time where I snapped up my child and, mm. you know, how I felt like I was alone and like I'm stressed and I'm stretched. And so sometimes I think men disconnect on what really is happening and then have a great demand on a woman physically and it just doesn't add up. And mm. then they wonder why that doesn't happen. Mm. I, I honestly feel like cheating is solvable. Like, I just feel mm. like it is. I feel like most of the stuff is people's lack of a communi- yeah. communication. And I think the thing that Esther Perel talked about is like, it's not always the person that cheats as the victim of the marriage. Someone taps out of the marriage mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. So when whoever taps out first, that's the person that needs to be reachable that we need to go and get. So it's a really, really important thing to pay attention to. Um, so I'm going to do this really, because I, I, we're basically run out of time, but I'm going to ask this one question. Everyone has to say yes or no without any um, further context because we are problematic as a platform. Um, so basically the question was, where is it? Ah, would you let your 17-year-old da- daughter's boyfriend spend the night? Yes or no? No. no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I changed my mind. So. You changed your mind? Yeah. yeah Damn it! Yeah. I want to hear it all. All right, we're going to do that another time, but mm. I feel like that is a really important question. Mm. Can you give me a sentence on why you changed your mind very quickly? Because I I don't want to be how my parents were. I have to accept, in the same way earlier on, I was saying that you accept that your parents are doing things. You also need to accept that your children are doing things. Mm. And I would rather the it safety of the house. house than outside. David, what was your firm yes? Um... I don't want to. I don't want to reveal like my yeah. daughter's relationship, but uh, look, it took a while. You mm. know, the 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 guy was sleeping on the couch for a year, mm, and um, and you know, just just quickly when she got into a relationship, I was filming in South Africa. I flew back that weekend. <laughs> hey, yeah, and and Miles. she and we went on a we went on a walk. I said we're going to go on a walk. And she said, Dad, I think you're being a bit extra. I said, Listen. If mum called me mm. and said, 
Elsa's met this person and she wants to give him the keys to the house, the mm. savings accounts, passwords, the keys to all the cars. Mm. And I was, I was like, yeah, yeah. For how much do you think, how valuable do you think you are mm. to me compared to all of that stuff? Yeah. Mm. Cause I'd give that up in a heartbeat. Mm. So, and I think that that signaled something to them. Mm. And, and by the time I'd met the guy and we'd, we'd got on, I was like, okay. Mm. Um, what, what, what was your firm know about? The walls are too thin. You know what I mean? Hey! <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. Thank you so much for joining the Double Dad podcast. My name's been Marvin Harrison. I've been joined by Nee, Patrice, and David. Uh, and But most importantly, you are amongst the family of dope black dadders. Uh, and appreciate Keep sending your dilemmas over to us. We are here to solve all the challenges that happen in the wider society. Uh, preferably you're from more funny ones first. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank and please subscribe uh, and please keep watching wherever you get your Dope Black Dads energy from. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Peace. Mm. Peace. Thank you, guys. <laughs>